Welcome to the Crit Hit Wild podcast, where we talk about all things Marvel Crisis Protocol and review a different character every week. I'm your host, Fred. I'm Brandon. I'm Brad, and Fred, I have a question. Yeah, did what's you go question? back? Did you go back and listen to the start of an old episode to see what Jared says at the beginning? Uh, it, back in the day, uh, back when I did the blob, he sent me his show notes, and I'm oh, just and it's it. and it's written in there. Yeah, show notes. <laughs> I'm cheating. Uh, so as you can tell by my by my gruff demeanor this week, I am under the weather. I have a cold. Uh, hopefully that's all it is. Uh, but also I'm in charge today because Jared is not able to make it due to scheduling issues. October is rough, y'all. October's rough. We're I bet I have the worst October. I bet you do. I bet you do. Uh, so how are you guys doing? It's been a nice week. Yeah, yeah, Brad, how are you doing, bud? Uh, I'm doing better than I expected at this point, and we'll just leave it at that. That's good to hear. I'm glad <laughs> to hear is, that. That is very positive. You missed a party last time with uh, uh, the original Human Torch. I listened. I should have taken notes because this might be the most wrong Jared has ever been. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, do you, you want to go into it? No, because I didn't take notes. I'm sure stuff will come up. We okay. only waffled like four times on how wrong we were. Oh, being, so. I do want to bring something up to you, Fred. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Not me winning. Like that comic I recommended, Marvel Comics number one. Uh-huh. It's probably almost 20 years before or were even created. So oh they're definitely God. not in the book. Okay. It, that that comic's from the 40s. Now, oh you God. were very right about <sighs> the fact that it had a different sensibility and they mostly fought like depowered criminals. Like Yeah, I like that. You know, yeah. I, I'm I uh you have brought that up in the past and that is interesting to me. Where the it lowers the stakes quite a bit. Oh, yeah, they're nice. so low. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of lowered stakes. We're uh, the stakes are so high in the recent, you know, Marvel and DC stuff that it's just like, oh, I can't take that. <laughs> but it makes sense because you got to think about it. Because over the course of what about eighty five years <laughs> or eighty years, you have to like. You have superheroes, and then eventually you create more supervillains because of the superheroes. Right. There's a power creep in the lore. <laughs> yes, there is. There, That's very accurate. <laughs> the good segue into new characters. Power creep. <laughs> power creep. Well, uh, I'm going to go into the news. Uh, there won't be a tournament this month in, in Charleston, unfortunately. Uh, and I don't have any notes on any tournaments that are occurring elsewhere. Do you guys know of anything? No. Okay. Oh, well. Well, uh, in other news, Logan, we know what he does now. The new Logan. Uh, And we can talk about him next week. We'll talk about him later. We'll save that for next week. Brad, do you have any Cerebro news announcements and corrections for yet for last pod? Yeah, Jared did a bad job. So 
Um, I don't remember exactly where I left off last time, and I think I'm starting in the right spot, but there might be a little bit of overlap. Um, so I added a filter so that you could show only new cards on, in the browse section. Um, that was suggested by Brandon. It's in there now. Uh, I added a... Thanks. I added to the damage calculations the expected damage. So this is, on average, how much damage you will do with the attack. Um, so that you can get a better idea of how much to expect. That's why it's expected. Um, from that attack. It'll be in that neighborhood, probably. Uh, that's just a bug fix. Um... I don't think Jared either went over this or went over it very well, but there's now an option that you can enable that when you are making your lists, it will show you tactics cards. Well, I guess a better way of saying that is it'll filter out tactics cards that you definitely cannot use. So, um, okay. An example is if nobody on your team has brotherhood affiliation you won't see Brotherhood cards. If a card requires um, a certain character that you don't have, um, that card won't show up in your tactics. And right now, if anybody has an affiliation in your list, those cards will show up. But uh, I will improve it so that only lists 12 points and higher that are legal um, affiliations will show up so if you have one avengers member then you won't see avengers cards anymore on this but that that hasn't been updated yet uh i changed and then reverted the roster view not because it wasn't working but because i was told by someone who does um apps and stuff for a living that my first way was better than the new way so i kicked it back if uh you liked the tabs that were there for a couple days uh run into the email cerebromcp at gmail.com and let me know uh why you liked it because um, i mean that was one person's opinion i thought it was a well-informed opinion but if you say otherwise i'll at least listen to you and then uh the most recent update is that you can now search for multiple tags. So when you want to go under tags, if you want to find all the models that have flight and a push, you can type in flight, a space, push, and it will only show models that have both. So that was recommended by someone and it was pretty easy to do. So I went ahead and did it. Sounds like you've been working a lot. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to a weekly topic. And now this is one that I cooked up that I'm not stealing from Jared. So the quality is probably a little bit down. But I'd like to talk about some of the big traps in the game. Namely, tactics cards that lead you to a play that's uh, non-ideal. Like a non-ideal fashion. Uh, I'll start us off, and 
I want to talk about the tactics card with Hydra, whose name I am forgetting now, but it's the one where everyone has to be has to complete a certain set of parameters. Boy, I should have been looking this up. Uh, but everyone has to complete a certain set of parameters in order for it to trigger. And if it triggers, it creates, you get to put a brand new four point model, four threat model, I should say, onto the field of battle. It is a very strong effect, but it is an incredibly difficult card to achieve. Now, I know myself, and I know how I would approach this. And what this would mean was that I would spend the entire game trying to manufacture this this card's trigger and instead of trying to win the game. It would end up being a circumstance where I would be essentially ruined <laughs> in the game already just by trying to get this incredibly strong card to, to trigger. And it would end up creating a worse outcome for me. So uh, do you guys have any thoughts, any any traps that you can think of? We'll start with you, Brandon. Uh, yeah, the uh, poor oh God, I'm trying to find the name of it. I'm trying to find the card. Too. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the time that you're looking that uh, uh, that you're talking looking up the name of the card that I was talking about because I can't believe I'm forgetting it. I guess I'm just gonna search. That's annoying. So yeah, uh, Brad has created this this wonderful app that has all this all this useful organizing tools on it. And uh, I'm it. High Council is the name of your card. High that. Council. That's it. Yeah, it's, Thank it's, you. it's it's very similar to Cloning Banks. Right? Well, Mr. Sinister card. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cloning uh, Banks, you're right. Yeah, I mean, er, there was a point where I wanted... I, I bought Mr. Sinister not because he came with a... Did he come with an extra... He came with an extra... Yeah, he right? came with Legacy Virus. Legacy Virus. I mean, that was the original reason. Then I was like, well, now I want to play this because I want to pull off Cloning Banks. And it's like... So when, like, every time I play him or even see him played, I'm just like, all right, somebody, you can do it. Because it's... <clears throat> his is actually easier than... uh. The Hydra card, I think, substantially easier. It's really easy to get his off at on, by turn three. Um, the problem is he doesn't do a whole lot of anything else, so it's kind of like obnoxious. Uh, he does good things, and we'll we'll talk about. I think he's better too. if you don't put his tokens on that card. Yeah, yeah, you've uh, use yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he is much better. Like, and that's kind of it was funny because I played a game and. Um, it was one of those games where I was like, well, I couldn't afford to do that, so I needed to keep his genetic samples uh, to like keep healing, like to heal him and use it for is there is there rerolls on one of them or the range, the recumbent dis, uh, disintegration. I was like, well, I'd rather, yeah, I think I'd rather do this. Like, range. I'd rather have the uh, like an area, you know, three attack, which you know seemed really good. Um, so it was like you realize like oh if you actually just keep these samples they're very useful versus putting them on a card trying to eventually get another character that may or may not actually be useful by the time you get it off. That's fair. How about you, Brad? Uh can you think of a a card that leads you down into a trap? 
Well, I was going to take a different approach to this, but... Okay, uh, uh, yeah. And may, maybe maybe I will, but the card that came up to mind was Professionals. Professionals? Uh, I don't yeah. even know what, I don't so even know what prof- that is. Professionals takes... Um, no, Tasha Romanoff and Clint Barton may each spend yeah. two, which they have to do before anything else. And if Clint Barton damages a character with an attack this round and Natasha Romanoff is within two of them, then she gets the asset or civilian token that they were carrying. Okay. So you have to play it before you even know if Hawkeye's going to do damage. Yeah, okay. And, okay. yeah, and so... It's- essentially, it's two power off of each of them. Yeah, it's two power off. And Hawkeye if you does just- not throw a lot of dice. If you just change it to be reactive instead of active... The card gets way better, but you should not chase that thing. I was going to actually go a different direction, though, and say that in general, if you're trying to play a card that is gimmicky and like would be fun to pull something off with instead of a card that's just all around better, like just a general purpose good card then you're falling into a trap. That's like, fair. You're also playing a game. Yeah, this right. is... A, I would love right. to see Council Trigger at some point. Right, and, and in, your, in your fun games, try it. But if you're going to a tournament, pick cards that are just generally good. Like, Chimichanga is not worth taking. <laughs> but if you want to, block. with your friend... Very worth fight taking. over the chimichanga all game. You go for it, oh, but do not take that to, to a tournament. Don't I gotta to say, Brad, you uh, play chimichangas every time you play Deadpool. Oh, so <laughs> never. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, every I have played chimichangas several times, and every single time I played chimichangas, it ended up in the opponent's hands pretty quickly, and was in their hands way more than in Deadpool's. <laughs> Man, I want to see She-Hulk get the chimichanga now. I don't. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) She would love having the chimichanga. I have never played. I've never not played a game with Deadpool where I didn't take chimichangas. (laughs) How many games with Deadpool have you played? Uh, I played X-Force for a little while. I I want everyone to know that Deadpool... Is Brandon's favorite Marvel character. He even has a tattoo of him. I have seen him on I the table love, maybe twice. I do love the pool. I used I have, to bring him a little bit. I, I, have a, a, I have a recorded game against um, Matt, I believe, uh, with where Deadpool picks up all three legacy viruses. Oh, nice! And off and and offs himself, and I was really devastated because I didn't want to do that. There's, really... there's there's a lot of talk recently about going back and reevaluating old models um, since the meta changes. And I've heard that from several podcasts in the last couple of weeks. And the more I think about Deadpool, the more in a world where we have a bunch of healing factor, he seems better than he did back then. Uh, it's the four health on the front side. Yeah, that that's yeah. rough. But he has a thing to make up for it on the back. Yeah, I, I, I and still he has think healing it factor be... too, right? Yeah. Yes. I just I think it should be five. I think it should have been five and six. Uh, 
we don't have to talk about that much more. But I think that's the, I think his attacks are fine. Uh, his duodenum poke. <clears throat> yeah, and then you've got I know karate is good. Unicorn rainbows and sugar plums dancing through my head, also good. Uh, again, <laughs> we, we'll always... talk about him on a different pod. We don't need to go through. Yeah, his yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he yeah. does good things. So I agree with. We'll him review him eventually. I but think, I big... think that that's a topic for another one. Is what character do you think needs a a, a renaissance? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I have one there, other are, thing. there are rumors of maybe a weapon X affiliation. Okay. Maybe. So I think that might get him played a little bit more too. Yeah. That would probably help him. Uh, I, I think he's good. Yeah. Anyway, I have one other thing to say about traps. Uh, okay. I think any card, really, when you focus on it too much, uh, kind of, and I think it paid off for me last night in our game, Fred, but there was a certain point. It was round, we played five rounds, and uh, it was round three. I had not used Indomitable. And you had pushed oh, me yeah. and thrown me multiple times, almost in every single round. But <clears throat> it never was super impactful, and I was like holding on to it. And there was a certain point in my head, I was like, I need to use this because there's a scenario where he just stops moving me around because he wants to kill my characters, and then I'm not going to be able to use it. And you know, it's you know, it was I, I lost some points because of it. You were getting me off points and stuff, and I. I think it worked out for me, but it was one of those scenarios where it was like real awkward for me because it was like, it shouldn't have. Uh, You 100% used it at the right time, 100%, and you did the right thing to wait. But I I, I get what you're saying, like, sometimes you want to wait to use something. But sometimes you, if you wait to use something, you may never have an opportunity to. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes, especially yeah. cards like Indomitable and Brace for Impact, like sometimes you just want to use it. Like, and it is like, so if you're playing against Criminal Syndicate where they've got throws everywhere, it's like, you know, you can kind of hold on to it where it's a little detrimental. But if you're playing against, uh, say, X Men where they really have what, two models who have character throws and Beast and Rogue. And well, Storm can throw uh, Storm, any bitty characters, yeah. right? Yeah, she can so, throw size two. Yeah, and Beast and well, Beast, Beast is can three. throw size two. No, is it Beast two? is two, and then Rogue's four. Yeah. Uh, so like that's one of the scenarios where yeah, you might want to just use it when you're playing against X Men because it might not come up again. Uh, but like in our matchup specifically, that we there were a decent amount of pushes and throws on both sides, so it was yeah. kind of worth it. Uh, oh, but yeah. it did come down to a scenario where it was like it was getting real iffy that if it was actually going to uh, be useful or not. I, uh, I'll tell you what, you using it when you did and, definitely helped you enormously. Yeah, right. It definitely but worked think, out. Hey, speaking of which, let's talk about that game. Uh, let's talk about games. Uh, so I played a game last night against Brandon uh, and we played my Hydra. Versus his oh no I wasn't Hydra I was Cabal. Yeah, this was a Cabal. Cabal versus Cabal matchup. It was is Malekith versus Malekith, and we had very different supporting teams, uh, but we were both playing Malekith, and it was bloodbath. <laughs> it was we were game. playing it at was... twenty points. It, it was a great game, by the way, Brandon. I had a blast. 
Yes, and, it was a very good game. I thought about it all night. I was like, man, I'm so glad we actually got to play that game because it was one yeah. of the, it was one of the fun games I've had in a while. Oh yeah, that was great. Uh, we played at 20 points, and we were playing uh, Cree Core and uh, Gamma. We were playing yeah. Gamma and Cree Core. <laughs> Uh, my my list was Malekith, Red Skull. Uh, oh my God, how am I blanking on everything else? Can you Bullseye. help me? <laughs> yeah, Bullseye, Zemo, um, Zola. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and you had Malekith, uh, Black Cat, yeah. Kingpin, uh, Shadowland Daredevil, and Shadowland Daredevil. You remember my list, didn't remember yours. <laughs> Yeah, because I was getting my ass handed to me by the, your people and not by my own. <laughs> I just had a bunch of people in between me and you, and you were just kicking my ass. <laughs> yeah, my my twenty. That's that's the only time. I, so like, my list is very designed. I play Cree Core as one of my extracts. Uh, my extracts on my list are Alien Ship, Fear Grips, and Research Station. Uh, I play Malekith on Alien Ship. Is unless the secure is superpower scoundrels, um, then I probably play Kingpin. Um, but the extracts are kind of designed more around Malekith on Alien Ship and Fear Grips. Uh, but my 20 is very if I'm playing Alien Ships and it's 20 points, I'm almost always playing Malekith, Shadowland, Kingpin, Bullseye, Black Cat. Yeah, it, and it's a very it strong was a highly five. effective combination. Uh, the, the dice were also super swingy in both directions. Like, uh, he was rolling garbage on his defensive dice, and I had a, a couple rolls that were bananas. But then, later in the game, he was able to do... Uh, do you remember how much damage? It was like uh, nine damage. So, yeah, so... Damage. Yeah, my hand ninjas hand rolled... Ninjas. My hand ninjas on their first attack rolled six successes, and on their second attack rolled seven successes. Yeah, it, uh, it on was four it dice. Was wild, <laughs> and yeah. and he took out Malekith with the hand ninjas. Oh God, that hurt. Uh, that I I think that 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 hurt, but that did not change the ultimate outcome because that was going to happen anyway. You had Malekith pretty well surrounded by beefy boys yeah malekith was at the moment surrounded right beside uh black cat shadowland hand ninjas and my malekith so and there wasn't another so it, it was definitely a situation where uh it wasn't looking good for your malekith the ninjas were just not supposed to be the models that took him out in that scenario <laughs> but they did but he it, <laughs> it was this impressive. was turn this was turn five and he had just got dazed so it wasn't like it yeah, was, yeah. My Malekith yeah. was dazed that turn. So I mean, yeah. Malekith had done a lot of work. His Malekith did great and did a lot of work up to that point. Yes, he did. I like, can I just say Malekith rocks. Uh, yeah. But also, um, it was a great game. I had a good time. Your Kingpin kicked ass, just like my Malekith did. Uh, and unless there's anything else uh i want to i want to hear real quick brad talk about his his experience with sentinels i have one quick thing i want to ask you so okay. i thought about this a lot about that game <clears throat> and i don't know if it was detriment or not but i thought about it i feel like one of the biggest differences in our game because i feel like like i said i think our lists were pretty similar 
Um, I think the big thing was is you focused very heavily on my Malekith, and I just killed all your other models. That is that is one hundred percent the problem. That yeah. I like focused on Malekith. I did date him, and I did some damage to his other side, but I didn't ever KO him. Yeah, and. He and just, I thought about that, especially because like King. He, I remember like there was like you focused on like him and Kingpin specifically, and Shadowland just walked around. Shadowland and my Malekith were basically just walking around, punching people to death and throwing Malekith into people, and throwing Red Skull into buildings. Uh, yeah, and I, I thought about that. And I was I was curious. I think it's uh, an interesting discussion to have about um if you really should focus like full in on Malekith because when like and that was the thing is that turn when Malekith had all his power you know that that turns kind of like that's a tough turn when you're the opponent and um there were you had I think only one turn where you had more than a like power to where you could literally just charge like you charged every turn but for the most part, you didn't get to do a whole lot of anything else where I was able to, you know, butcher Thor's almost every turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, ch- I got to change some crits and stuff. So I, that was a fun. I, I thought about that a little bit and I was like, I think that was really, and I don't think either was this, because I think if you took out my Malekith, say a turn before, I don't think that game ends the way. Uh, it, he's just hard to kill. Yep. I mean, yep. he's just hard he, to kill. He, his his stay, his staying power is part of his best is one of his better aspects. Yeah. Let's move on, uh, Brad. I want to hear about your Sentinels game. Well, uh, Sentinels are pretty good. Um, for those that don't know, the Sentinel card when you it's two energy, three power, and when you play it, you get another one in your hand. So it just builds that reliability you need, especially early in the grind. Like if you're just starting now, you pick up the Sentinel card, throw it in your deck. It's going to be good for you. Which card? Sentinels. Oh, okay. Yeah. We are talking about Marvel Snap, right? Oh my god. I was I was so confused. I was sitting here looking through Cerebro MCP going, what is the <laughs> card? What is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was I waiting know. for I, that's what I was like. I was like, I don't that's why I, I was like, I don't know if I'm talking about guys. Like I zone out a lot of this podcast, but like I normally catch up pretty quick. That was good. You know what? <laughs> Hats off, Brad. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You got you got the two you got the two guys over here dying. The fall for your tricks. Yeah, you got us again. Oh, you want to know about my Sentinel game in MCP? Yes. Sentinels are trash. Throw them in the trash. Never play them. Oh, no. That game went went so bad for me against Michael. Um, I lost all my Sentinels. So my list was three Sentinels and Toad on... um, we are on Gamma, and the extract was Spider People. Okay, you're already it, at a huge disadvantage because there are five extracts, and you can only ever hold four of them. Right, right, but he only had one more model than me. It wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. But uh, 
Sentinels really don't like it when physical attacks have pushes. That was a big downside. Um, okay. Cuz that gets that gets around their thing. Yeah. Um they only roll three physical dice. That that also was bad. Uh you know what's really bad for Armanzola? Two physical defense. Oh yeah. <laughs> Arnim Zola did nothing in our game, but that's not that's not relevant. <laughs> I want to hear more about the uh Sentinel. Yeah, I just kept getting hit was Tell against... them about the play. Tell them about the one play. I, hold on, I'll get there. Red Stop. Skull two uh was who I was playing against, and he had like Zemo and I actually controlled Zemo pretty well. Um <laughs> Who else did he have? Mordo. Um, yeah, I made the I made a mistake with Mordo. I could have dazed him at one point, and I left him at one health, thinking I'll daze him next turn, and then he can't use him, and then he healed him. <laughs> did he have hood? Uh, I don't think he had hood, but I don't remember okay. how he healed him. Anyway, it it just it went bad. I lost all my sentinels, but when the last one died, I played the explodey sentinel card. And uh I rolled five successes on the five dice. Whew. And uh I think he had no model standing at the end of that. He either <laughs> killed or dazed his entire team. Um. So it was a pyrrhic victory for Michael, at least. Yeah, that that hurt a lot. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to think. There was oh yeah, so Michael dazed five sentinels and killed three, leaving one on the table at the end. I'm confused as to the math because you only have three sentinels. He no, he dazed five sentinels. He killed three of them. And I still had a sentinel left on the table. Uh, My, my previous statement stands. That sentinel was injured. Okay. Does that help? No, (laughs) I don't think he's going to get there. I, I, I played the I played under the under your skin. So Toad oh. was also a sentinel. Okay. Because okay. it was a fun game for fun, so I play fun cards. Sometimes and then you also uh, like brought one from dazed from, to healed. Yeah, from injured back to healthy. So he dazed all my entire team, plus one of the sentinels an extra time. And then killed three out of four of my models. Wow. What a game. What a bloodbath. Yeah, it was rough. Now, he didn't have a whole lot left at the end of the game. I don't remember exactly what, but it was enough. It was more than Toad. (laughs) Yeah, at one point I looked over and it was like a sentinel of Toad was left. And he had like everything else. Yeah, but that Sentinel killed several models and dazed the rest of them. The so. Sentinel did what he was supposed to do, that's for sure. Yeah, when it died. 
So that played out like every X-Men comic ever, where the X-Men win a Red Skull. Only it was Red Skull. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that they're better on bees, um, so I guess I'm going to try them again on a bee. Bees? Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, is there anything else you guys would like to talk about in the game section, or would you like to move on to the character review? All right, then let's move on to our review of Pyro as I pull him up. Who? You know this uh, Pyro? Uh, Never heard of him. Oh, my God. Uh, he is lying, everyone. Uh, his name is St. John Allardyce. No. Try again. Oh, God. Uh I was, wait, I was I was so looking forward to Jared being the one to do this. But I don't know. We're gonna. Fred. All right. Really uh, Allardyce. No, no, no. You got the last name right. Try the first name again. It's, it's not Saint John. No, it's, it's not Saint John. What is the ST for? Saint. Saint. Is, it is it Saint Jude? I I no. would like for you to know that you're an asshole. <laughs> It's pronounced Sinjin. Sinjin? Okay. Uh-huh. That's how okay. that's how it's pronounced in the UK and Australia. Both of which is where he's from, but not really. Yeah, this these are also places where Worcester is has a whole ton of extra letters in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But it's it's Sinjin. It's pronounced Sinjin. Okay, well, uh Sinjin Allardyce. Uh, yeah, got- there we go. Three physical, four energy defense, and three mystic defense. His five stamina. He's threat three, size two with medium move. Uh, his first attack is fire blast, which is a gainer. Where uh, when he does the attack, he gains one power. It's range four with five dice, uh, and it has wild incinerate trigger. And then there's the flame jet, which is very similar attack only it's beam three with four dice uh and it's also a gainer with wild incinerate and then his spender is inferno it is cost three with seven dice range two and after this uh it it just gives the target incinerate and before damage is dealt enemy characters within two suffer one damage his first superpower is firewall it is cost two, and choose an enemy character within range three of this character. The chosen character gains the root and slow special condition. Uh, the next superpower is stoke the flames. It is cost three, and the next attack action made by this character this turn adds two dice to the attack roll. Rolls, I should say. And then fire manipulation passive. Uh, when this character targets an enemy character with an attack, after the attack is resolved, if the target character has the incinerate special condition, this character may choose another enemy character within range 2 of the target character. The chosen character gains the incinerate special condition. Okay. Whew. I'm having trouble getting enough air in my lungs. Uh, why don't you start us off, Brad? I've, I've been starting with Brandon. 
So in the picture here, you can see that he's made a little Magneto helmet out of his flames. He has. I do see that. Uh, which is very fitting um, because he's going to be great with Magneto. Magneto loves this card because it has a very important word on it. Incinerate. And Magneto yeah. wants to kill people. In fact, it has the word incinerate on there a couple times. A ton of times. This is the most incinerate character, I Four think, in the exact. game. Five to be exact, sorry. Uh, at least six, two, six four, seven. Two, four, five, six, seven, seven times, sorry. It is yeah. irrelevant how many times the word appears, but he has a ton Seven. of abilities. <laughs> um, incinerate's really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gaining multiple, I mean, gaining just gaining the power is good because he doesn't have to deal damage, which is good with five and four die attacks. Getting multiple off that beam's great. Dealing splash damage with his fender is good, and it's seven die, which isn't bad. Auto gives incinerate. Could be nine dice if you spend six power, which which doesn't seem like a good idea. And let's be realistic; that's not gonna happen. You're gonna stoke the flames on the beam, and that's it. Yeah. You also probably don't want to be close enough to do that spender, but yeah, he uh, here he's kind of fragile. He's got uh, he's the exact same on the back. Also, I didn't say. Uh, so he's got five and five stamina wise. Yeah, I like this. Seems like a a good piece in Brotherhood. Um, I think a little bit better for Magneto than uh, Mystique, even though he was on Mystique's Brotherhood. Um, but a fun piece. I'm looking forward to trying him on the table. I haven't got a chance to yet. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Uh, he's basically everything I wanted out of this character. Uh, we talked about Blob. I really wanted a. I kind of wanted a very controlly uh, size or three threat character. I'm not sure how controlly is, but he does have control features. Uh, also, I, I feel like when you just incinerate a ton of people, uh, it kind of makes them think twice about what they do and like where they go. Um. And this character having ranged attacks that can give incinerate is really, really good. Um, to feed off what Brad said, um, I think he's really, really good with Magneto. However, I think he's really, really good with Mystique as well. Um, just being able to give another in-affiliation model to go really wide with uh, at a lower threat cost. Um, so I really like that, that you can almost play a, you can play a really good roster that's pure brotherhood models now um he really assists in that um yeah you're you're i'm with brad you're only ever going to stoke the flames on the uh the beam attack um, yeah the spender however does the cool little tidbit that says other enemy characters uh within range two instead of other characters so you can't hurt your own characters which is really cool uh kind of thematically because if I'm not mistaken, he just has like it's all manipulation of fire, right? Yeah. Like, he he is very, very good at shaping fire. He cannot create it. Yeah. Uh, which is also fun because he's also then not immune to incinerate. Uh, 
Uh, oh, I did the, not notice that. Yeah, he can absolutely be caught on fire. Yeah, uh, as much as he could then control it, he's still going to be burned. <laughs> so I, I thought that was a cool little uh, tidbit. Uh, as much as uh, the local people will remember how much I complained about uh, Ghost Rider not being immune to incinerate, which was infuriating. Uh, for a Clearly on fire. Yeah, clearly not affected by said fire. Um, <laughs> I do like the fact that as early as turn one, he can incinerate, root, and slow somebody. Um, yeah, I mean, he has to. They have to be pretty far upfield for him to do that. Just but, the middle. Yeah. You can yeah. move. You can move fire blast if they're on the middle point. You move fire blast. It's range four. You hit a wild. If you made a full medium range three, yeah, but, yeah but if you made a full medium move, you're well within range three of the middle objective. Um, okay. So that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously it's like you kind of have to, but again, if you're playing a wide mystique list and you get to go last, someone's they're probably going to move up if there's a center point. Um, again, it might not be the most effective, but I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you should be, you could fire being able to firewall every turn. Um, I think it's going to be really relevant with this character uh, as well as just being able to pump out incremental amounts of damage. But again, like Brad said, just being able to incinerate so easily is going to be really, really good. Yeah, I want to talk about Firewall because that seems like it's great. Being able to put out slow and root for two power uh, every turn. It, you'll likely get, get it off black hat. Yeah, seriously. Get, uh, and uh, uh, Malekith can be slowed and rooted. That means that uh, Brutality would cost three instead of two, so he can't do it every single turn. Man, oh man. It's also really sucks for Quicksilver, but no no one's playing Quicksilver. Ferocity. <laughs> Ferocity is the name of the attack that you... Oh, did I say something? Did I say brutality? Uh, yeah. Ferocity is what I meant to say. You're correct. Uh, but, I, I mean, that on a three cost, having access to firewall plus that number of incinerates seems bananas. How many incinerates? Seven. And uh, the his abilities here, he's not a damage dealer, although he can probably do some damage if you have to have to shell it out chip damage yeah he he is a support piece for a, a a force for the brotherhood that already does a ton of damage i mean magneto he, will, he might not put out the damage but he will 100 percent cause more damage to be done yeah yeah magneto can shred people when when this guy's on the table I, i'm uh, this is scary <laughs> like i'm scared of this guy i don't want to see him Makes me want to play uh, Sabretooth again, too. Because you can go with Pyro, spread, incinerate to as much people as possible, and if he goes and targets Sabretooth, like your opponent targets Sabretooth, you just attack him back. Yeah. (laughs) Get extra attacks, and they're incinerated. Yeah. This uh, This is a really good place. Like I like where this model is. Uh... Do do uh do you guys have anything to add or do you want to move on to the letter review for this gen or letter grade for uh, this gentleman? As much positive as we've spoken, 
I could 100% see this character being a character who just kind of gets forgotten about uh, because he does not immediately impact a ton. Being very reliant on wild incinerates on your free attacks. Um, as Fred can tell you in our game last night, I did not roll a wild at all. Uh, yeah, like except the when game. you didn't need it. Yeah, yeah, ex yeah, except for the one time it wasn't important. Um, uh, so that's uh, something to being very reliant on the wilds uh, without a reroll or really many ways to give a reroll in that affiliation. Um, I know we were very positive, and I'm still very positive on this character. I just, there's something in the back of my head. I don't know why, but it's just telling me like this character could very easily kind of be forgotten about. Not um, in Brotherhood. Yeah, probably not in Brotherhood, but just in like, I don't know how much he's going to be considered for other rosters. Yeah, I, I want to bring up uh, another thing, and that is the thematic similarity between this guy and uh and the original human torch and uh how uh, i was not super up on original human torch and i am super up on this guy and what do you guys think is the biggest difference i mean maybe it's because uh they have different places they have different play styles but I can't I can't put my finger on it. And maybe that's that's uh, a question that requires a, a, a degree of contemplation. So maybe it would be best if we move on to our letter grade right now. Uh, I guess I'll kick us off with this guy. I want to give him a, a B plus and I'm I was debating an A minus, but I don't think. I want to give him an A minus because he's so fragile. Uh, why don't you go next, Brad? Uh, I also was going to give him a B plus, so I guess I'm right there with. I like my my B's to be solid in faction picks, and my A's to be um, out of faction picks. And I think he's on that high end; like he'll get played in faction and may get played sometimes out of. Okay. Brandon, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be um, because of that. I don't, for two reasons, I don't think he's the first three-point character in your affiliation that you grab, uh, and I don't know if you ever play him outside of affiliation. Um, I think you can, um, and I have a couple, uh, I have a list that I think he, he fits in pretty well in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of, a little, like I said, I don't know what it is, man. There's just something in the back of my head that is just like, you know, slow the pump the brakes a little bit. I'm just a little, it was kind of, I think dark, I was very pumped the brakes on Dark Star as well uh, when we talked about her. Dark Star, I, who I like quite a bit now. <laughs> I think she's good, but again, I mean, I just don't think she had the impact that I think we maybe thought she might. Um, I don't know. There's yeah. just something in the back of my head that's just like, eh, be easy. Just be easy. So. Fair, fair. B uh, still solid grade. B still solid. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're we are a B and two B pluses. We are way tighter and way higher than we were on original Human Torch. Uh, all right. So you brought up your list recommendation. I'm gonna change the order of things a little bit. Uh, 
Brandon, why don't you tell us what your what your roster recommendation is for Pyro? Um, okay, I, I think you might like this one. Uh, this one had a little bit of Fred influence in it. Ooh, uh, uh, it, I mean, it's uh, I, I'm lean, so I, I I'll give a little background. So I was really looking at like uh, I looked at X Force for a little bit. I looked at Convocation for a little bit, um, and I think both of those are places that could maybe think about if you really want to play him and those are the affiliations you really like you know you could maybe make room for it uh but i like him in um spider foes um spider foes the spider the spider foes players are very um committed to playing spider foes uh and confirm (laughs) um and all the all the most of the spider foes uh venom likes to kill people Craven likes to kill people. Goblin tries to kill people. Doc Ock also tries to kill people. Carnage fucking slaughters people. Uh, so they're trying to kill people, and one of the best ways to try to kill people, uh, root them, prevent them from what they're doing, and give them incinerate. And slow them down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, so I think spider foes are a fun little place for those those that are committed to never giving up on the gobby. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's just a couple. Like I said, I, I, I waffled between a couple different ones. Um, I'm not even... I, the Convocation was the weird one, because again, like you kind of play that really fighty. X-Force tries to fight. I don't know how good that is. Uh, but for those factions that are really trying to fight, I think you could look at him i don't know how much you'll play him but i think spider foes could fit him in the easiest because they don't really have a whole lot else going for him yeah i i like that roster recommendation uh i also i think i failed to point out that all of his attacks are energy which is really good yeah it's very relevant yeah it's really good uh all right well brad do you have any comic book recommendations that involve pyro i've never heard of them so no i'm just kidding (laughs) <laughs> okay, Mister. Uh, uh, it's not Saint John. It's not Saint John. <laughs> we went over this. Okay, yeah. so Pyro. Uh, first, to note that there is a very famous, one of the most famous X Men storylines that involves these Brotherhood members that I am saving for a different character. So if I don't do the obvious one, it's not because I don't know about it, guys. I'm just um, saving it for someone else. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about two different storylines. Uh, one is Uncanny X-Men 199 through 200. Uh, this is Chris Claremont and John Ramada Jr. And um, Freedom Force which is Mystique's Brotherhood, but they've been hired by the government to hunt mutants. Arrest Magneto for his many, many crimes. Um, And uh, the X-Men help defend against that. They help defend Magneto. And um, Pyro and the rest of the Brotherhood do some cool... uh, stuff with their powers in this um because the the 
Freedom Force wins. They arrest Magneto, and Magneto goes up for trial. And um, wow, the way that trial plays out sure is fun. So uh, make sure you read 200 as well. Uh, but uh, you get to see Pyro do some cool stuff in this. So that's one of my recommendations for Pyro. Okay. Okay. Freedom you- Force. And it's Mystique. Yeah, Mystique. Um, she she has never worked for Magneto in okay. the comics, unlike the movies. So she creates her own brotherhood, and for a while they're generic bad guys. But um, Valerie Cooper, who works for the government, offered them pardons if um, they would work for the government in hunting down uh, rogue mutants. So Freedom Force is sort of like a suicide squad. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, it, the- I, w- I really want to talk. I, it's a big spoiler, but I want to talk about Magneto's trial for a second. Okay. Yeah. Let's so talk about he is on trial for like so many things. Like, well, he dismantled a bunch of nuclear weapons. He uh, threatened to sink the sub, all sorts of stuff. But he's on trial. It's uh, it's like a UN type trial. It's like an international trial, and okay. uh, his lawyer is Gabby Howler, who is um, Charles Xavier's ex girlfriend and the mother of his son Legion. Okay, but um. Then Fenris twins attack. You know Fenris, the stars of the hit TV show Gifted, only the evil versions, because that's what they are in the comics. Uh, sure. They're they're Nazis. They attack the trial. Magneto saves everyone, and then this is this he gets acquitted of all charges because he had been uh, reverted back to a baby by a a mutant creation he created and was raised back from a baby. So all those crimes weren't technically this Magneto. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so (laughs) uh, uh, legal legal documents say that he is not responsible for the crimes he committed because he was raised differently than he was. Oh boy. <laughs> Cuz he was a baby again. That is some And so that was a different man. Forward, that is some incredibly forward thinking legal precedent. Uh a very friendly legal precedent that I don't think is real. <laughs> you you don't think the president precedent of being turned into a baby so you're waived of all crimes before that is real? Um why not? Well, <laughs> people get turned into babies all the time, Fred. Don't answer his questions, Fred. Still give it to. I, I I recently watched the movie uh, A Clockwork Orange, and <laughs> I mean that movie is good and disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and it's also very, very uh, uh, pessimistic, uh, cynical, you might say, about the the legal structures of government. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Did you have a uh, another? Yeah, I did. 
I did. I did. Um, Cable 87. In this issue, Pyro dies. It is by Robert Weinberg and Michael Ryan. Um, Mystique's Brotherhood, uh, they're no longer working for the government. They're trying to kill Senator Robert Kelly again. Uh, and Cable and Rogue are trying to stop them. So uh, they fail, but someone else steps in and saves the day, saves Senator Robert Kelly, who hates mutants, from being assassinated. And you know what? That person, with their noble sacrifices, changes Robert Kelly's mind and heart, and he then starts running on a pro-mutant campaign stump thing. Whatever it's called. I can't think of the words I try to think of. A a platform of pro-mutant. Yeah, instead instead of anti. And uh, and that hero is probably who you think it is, given who this is about. So read the comic. It's 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 the last one Pyro's in until the mutants invent resurrection and can bring everyone back. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was (laughs) again, every single time we go into the X-Men universe, it's, it's bug nuts. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I'm going to bring, we move on to my non sequitur recommendation, which, okay, Fred. Oh, you have not been telling us how they are connected to these characters. No, I'm, I'm starting to think they aren't. They okay, so uh, that's be- they are the most, the most far the connection can be, or I should say, the more distant it is, the more fun it is. And I don't tell you how they're connected, but sometimes it's freaking obvious, like Blazing Saddles with uh, original Human Torch. I mean. It's right there. <laughs> I don't. I don't recall any saddles on fire. There, there. Well, there aren't, but it's in the title. Uh, it was literally just the word "blazing" was your connection. Yes, <laughs> it's not. Oh my god! It doesn't lo- have I, to make sense. That's the. I point. need to this know that I love it stuff. even more now. This is all stuff that I just like, and I want other people to experience. And it's the first thing that I really like. That comes to mind when I'm thinking about a character. I love it, it even more because really now you're just like, I like it. Deal with it. I want to talk about it. Yeah, and in in uh, I think that in the, it was the Cyclops episode. I just brought the movie Barbarian for no reason. There was no reason. I just had watched it that week. <laughs> uh, but this time, there is a connection, and and I want you to try and find it. Uh, but you will only be able to find it if you've seen this movie. I'm bringing a movie uh, by famed anime director Hayao Miyazaki called Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, this is a absolutely gorgeous uh, story about a sorcerer who has a castle that moves. And I, I, there's no way that I can I can describe this movie and do it credit. Only know that this is Hayao Miyazaki operating at his most incredible art direction style. Uh, I think that 
it is a toss-up for me as to which one is my favorite Hayao Miyazaki movie between Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away. I think they're both uh, unqualified masterpieces of of animation. But on about 50% of the days, I will say that Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite of his movies. Brad, have so, you seen this movie? Uh, I've not seen Howl's Moving Castle. I've seen Spirited Away, though. Yeah, because yeah, Howl's Moving Castle is actually a good movie, so there's no way Brad had seen it. Hey. <laughs> So is Spirited Away. Hey, if you if you say anything bad about that movie, <laughs> oh, I wasn't uh, going to. It's no Waterworld. Uh, he it's was... pretty good. Oh god. <laughs> uh, Brandon, have you seen Howl's Moving Castle? I have, but it has been a significant amount of time. Okay. Well, uh, I'll I walk once you talked to a fe- I once talked to a, a girl who it was her favorite movie. So. As a wee lad, I tried to impress her by watching it. Well, she has good taste. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. Like to a point where, like afterwards, I talked to her about it for a while, and then it didn't matter anymore. Like what she wanted to talk or watch, I was like, "This movie's just great." Like, there's a positive yeah. that came out of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a character in Howl's Moving Castle called Calcifer, who is a uh, a spirit of fire, and he is literally just a a a little fire that talks. And uh, he's played. Oh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. He's awful on Twitter. Never mind. I'm not going to go into it. But he's played very well, the voice actor in the American dub. Uh, and I think that. Well, I, I again, I love this movie. And that is the end of my recommendation. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about, or do you want I me have to just? Something. No, okay. I have something. So Pyro, very uh, well, probably most famously, is in the X Men movies, and a lot of people have seen those X Men movies where he plays Bobby Drake's uh, love interest. Um, okay, I want I want to talk about Bobby Drake because. Um, Bobby is played by Sean Ashmore, one of the Ashmore brothers. And uh, there's a, there's something fascinating about those brothers. It, they are both in uh, the TV show Smallville. Have you guys seen Smallville? Uh, I am aware of it. Uh, okay. I, I have seen some episodes, but I've never watched the full thing. So they are twin brothers. Okay. And... One of them plays, uh, what is, what's the what's Superman's best friend's name? Jimmy Olsen. One of them plays Jimmy Olsen, and uh, he doesn't meet Jimmy Olsen until after he's out of high school, supposed to be going to college, but I never see him go to class. Anyway, uh, he meets Jimmy Olsen, and Jimmy Olsen just happens to look exactly like some kid who got powers and tried to kill him in high school. And he never comments on this. <laughs> because they're played by the, the twins. They're played by twin brothers. But <laughs> why does he not say, hey, that new friend of mine, Jimmy Olsen, looks like this guy who tried to kill me in high school. Never mentions it. 
I can't think about Smallville without thinking about the modern revelations about the uh, uh the, yeah the Nexium cult. Yeah. But uh <laughs> that is unfortunate. But yeah. the show yeah. the show is surprisingly good, especially for something about Superman. Um a, a superhero I hate. Yeah, uh, it, it, I've always heard that it's an excellent show. It's always surprisingly good. Because it's also surprisingly not a lot about super. Like, it's. He never goes by Superman. Yeah, like, it's not very Superman centric, which is yeah. the best way to watch anything Superman related. Yeah, he, he's yeah. very much Clark Kent, who happens to have powers, not Superman. Yeah. In a yeah. lot of that series, he's a like high school kid, right? For the most part. Uh, the first couple seasons, right? Three seasons, at least. I think he starts. He might start as a freshman, and it's four seasons. Oh, and boy, does he look like a freshman. Yeah. Uh, the actor you were thinking of, Fred, is Billy Crystal. That's, uh, okay. That's not who I thought that I was talking about. <laughs> but all right, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah, Billy Crystal in the English verse of Voices Calcifer. Okay. Well, he does a great job. And, and yeah, he's great. Uh, Christian no, Bale. Does how, which I did not know. Christian Bale, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I think right? this is, yeah. And I think Josh this is Hutchinson a redub that you're looking at. That's, That's only... probably not the original dub. Uh, it's the 2004. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't. Uh, is it? Well, it's not. It doesn't actually show. Like it just shows the, like original ones and then it has the english voice it doesn't have like multiple options i want to watch this movie again i'm gonna i may watch I it tonight. Do. i do too i think it's on netflix i own the dvd i'm just gonna watch it i i did but i gave it to somebody also hey speaking of netflix before we go brad have you yeah. watched rr yet <laughs> you know i have it God damn it. <laughs> uh, everyone out there, watch this movie. It's It should win Best Picture. And, uh, and I'm going to stand by that statement. I did watch uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, Werewolf by Night? Yes, you should watch it, Fred. I've not seen this. It's, it's on, on Disney+. Plus. Plus. It is an MCU short film. Yeah. It's 54 minutes with credits. Okay. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I was very happily surprised at the characters that were. It is it is introduced. shot in black and white. Well, it might be shot in color and then black and white if I'd. Yeah. Um, it is a a moody like monster hunting film where they're kind of throwing it back to the old old school films and then it turns into something else and it's great it has okay. a character in it that Brad likes to make fun of a lot um that they're going to be they could be a, a two point leader in MCU no no that's <laughs> not no that's not we've we've talked about her as being a two point uh-uh. leader I, I've talked about Victoria Montesi. Yeah, 
I know you always make fun of her, but that's not a real option to me. She is a real option to me. She, uh, I guess well, she we're, could. We're be. talking about anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, uh, let's end it here. It's uh, good, Fred. Watch it. Okay, I'll, and it I'll has one of my one. favorite characters, Ted, in it. <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, that's <laughs> that's gonna do it today for Crit Hit Wild. We hope you guys had fun uh, and uh, win your games. Have fun out there. See you later. Bye.